Blog Talk Radio. So I don't let's see. What do you got? Study oh no. Says Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bellstar. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona. And, and the, the world, world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweeds Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. We're trying to mess with our tech, tech stuff again. Yeah. Good morning, Bellstar. Good morning, Cannabis Kid. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's too much on time. Wait too long. If you leave me now. Okay, we won't go there. Because we're here. Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. Cannabis Kid is off to get us some tea. Um, oh, well, I'm going to turn it off. I'm just... We're getting ready for the show. We haven't seen each other for a while, so we're just chatty McChatties over here, just laughing and talking and bringing up good times. It's been a little while since Candace Kid has been live with us. We're very excited. And we're also very excited because we actually have another live guest this uh, morning. Um, we will have a success again for a little bit here. Um, but welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. Thank you for tuning in always to this and every week. We love that you come visit us. And we love that we get to be here. You know, it's, it's a real big gift um, this day and age to be able to just, well, maybe not. <laughs> everybody can think what the heck they want anyway. <laughs> but it's nice to be able to get on air and talk about cannabis plant we love so very much um, and it you know um, we're going to give a shout out to Tumbleweeds Health Center 4826 East Broadway Boulevard come on down get certified and come on down and get some of our awesome new hemp products they're really really great um, really great for you and we've got four awesome botanical essential oils of plants as our flavorings uh, they're organic we've got a natural flavor, which is just regular. It's, it's probably more of a coconutty, which is what uh, the coconut oil is in, or the uh, CBD is in. And all this is made in the USA, folks. This, all of the plants are coming from um, a beautiful, beautiful garden up in Oregon. Our hemp is coming from Colorado right now. And um, the uh, coconut oil, figure that out. <laughs> and anyway, the flavors are... You guys are Oh, we've got spearmint, which is really good for pain and inflammation, if you didn't know that. We have uh, cinnamon, which is good for those 
those folks with uh, blood sugar or diabetes, any of those kind of challenges. We also have um, a botanical blend, soon to be called Orange Dream. Ooh, ooh, awesome. And um, we have, oh, and in that one, there's like, it's actual like orange peel, mandarin, uh, I think there might, I'm not sure, there's a whole list of ingredients in there, some vanilla, um, it's really, really fantastic. So, and all those are, and there's a, uh, what do I want to say? Oh, I forget the other ingredient that I really, really like that's in there. Anyway, come on down to Tumbleweed Health Center and check out our new botanicals. We've got all sorts of, for those who don't want to do tinctures, we've got gummies and patches. People really like the patches because you can just put it on and go. You don't have to think about, patches, yeah. you know, think about eating anything. I think they're 30 milligrams, the mm-hmm. patches are. Um, it, yeah, I think they're 30 milligrams. And you can cut them up. They're really great. You can cut them in tiny little pieces. Um, um, oh, definitely have dog treats, lots of new dog treats, and we've got a variety of gummies. Uh, we even have, these are great, the gummies we have, um, we've got fruit roll-ups. Oh, my gosh, and they're so good. We've got a strawberry, and a great 25 milligrams for about an inch and a half, two inches of your little fruit roll-ups. So delicious. <laughs> so yummy. Uh, we have capsules and gel caps for those that are still wanting to go traditional pill style because yes there are those folks that um they you know you don't have to smoke this you don't have to vape this you don't have to dab it you don't have to do anything like that uh, that you don't want to do because people are still really weary of that whole process even though it's a i think it's a great process it gets into your system really quickly um oh thank you and um and yeah there you go Anyway, it doesn't stay as long as the edible soup, but that's okay. Because if you, you know, let's say you eat an edible, like part of a brownie or something, uh, we try and, what we try and do is beat the breakthrough pain. So you eat your edible, and let's say you know your edible is going to last about six hours, so maybe at five hours, just take a little bong hit or take a little <laughs> puff off your joint, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So you're just, you're breaking the breakthrough pain. You're beating the breakthrough pain, which is what we talk to a lot of people about because they don't, you know, they, they go to a point where they're like, ah, oh, it only lasts for this long, then I'm in pain again. Well, you know, with I guess with anything you could do that, but since we love this lovely, you know, natural plant, um, we want to help people find ways to not have to use the Vicodins and Dilaudids and Ibuprofens and mm-hmm. all those yucky, bad-for-your-body things. So, at any rate, uh, if you go to TumbleweedsHealthCenter.com, check out the uh, certifications button up there at the top there. There is the ability to book your appointment right there. Just put your little mouse right over that, and you can book it, and it goes right to our little uh, calendar. But if you have PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain, severe nausea, seizures, Sound like I was in the backwoods, severe nausea, right? <laughs> uh, seizures, including epilepsy, HIV, Hep C, ALS, Crohn's, agitation of Alzheimer's, cachexia or wasting syndrome, severe and muscle uh, persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis. So if you did not hear your um, ailment on the list, don't worry because I'm sure it falls under one of those other categories. 
If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. We also want to give a a quick shout-out to Grower's House uh, at 3635 East 34th Street. Uh, And also growershouse.com. And uh, Canna Health Online Digital Magazine. You don't have to be anywhere but where you are to listen to some or read. I think you can listen to stories because there's ways to, like, make your mm-hmm. computer read to you now, right? There's some videos <laughs> that they have, I think, too. Videos, too? Yeah. So check it out. Canna Health is a digital magazine focused on knowledge, safe access, and advocacy with a monthly subscription readership. It's loaded with scientific and clinical articles from various healthcare professionals. Profiles of cannabis clinics offering safe access to medicines, national and local organizations open to the public, and real-life patient success stories. It's free to subscribe, so don't miss another issue of Canna Health. Excellent. Oh, it's going to hit We're going to bust into, um, we're going to bust right into our interview right now, and we'd like to uh, welcome on Seth. Ginsburg. Welcome, Seth. Good morning, Seth. Howdy. How are you doing this morning? Great. Greetings from New York City. Wow, uh, New York. What part of New York? New York, New York. A city so nice, they named it twice. Uh, uh, here in Midtown Manhattan. New York. That's awesome. Well, exciting. That's well, welcome. We're really happy to have you here. And thanks, for Nick, for getting this scheduled for us. Sorry about the mountain time. I kept reiterating it's mountain time, mountain time. I don't think many people know about mountain standard time. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. Um, in fact, Seth has um, a condition that is not listed on our list, but is definitely one of the conditions, one of the biggest conditions that a lot of our patients get qualified for, and that's arthritis. Seth, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got your foundation started and, and what's going on? Sure. So first of all, it's great to be with you today. Uh, Thanks for spending a little time talking about this important subject. Um, Yes. I've had arthritis since I was 13. I was diagnosed with spondyl arthropathy. Uh, My mom has arthritis. My grandmother at the time had arthritis. I come from a family of arthritis. And Mm -hmm. when I was a first-year student, I was a freshman at Babson College up in Wellesley, Massachusetts, and it was the second month of school, three o'clock in the morning, and I was miserable. I was vulnerable. I was just not feeling well, and no one around me understood what I was going through. So I got out of bed. I emailed my former internship boss from my previous summer, and in one sentence I said, you know, there's got to be a way to bring people together in a positive environment where we can share strength and experience with each other. And fortunately, when he woke up, Uh, Lou wrote back, I'd like to become a social entrepreneur. How about we do this together? And that afternoon, creakyjoints.org became a website. And I'm proud to report Creaky Joints is uh, this October turning 20 years old, which means 
fortunately, I no longer sleep in a bunk bed. And <laughs> at least that first part of our mission is um, has been satisfied in that millions and millions of people over these years uh, worldwide have connected with us and with each other to share that strength and experience and get trusted information and education about living their lives despite their arthritis, support for coping with these different types of arthritis, advocacy so that they can overcome barriers to care and get access to care that they need, and most recently, the last five or so years, patient-centered research where people can provide their perspectives and patient-reported outcomes so that researchers could better understand uh, these diseases. And today, Creaky Joints is a part of the nonprofit Global Healthy Living Foundation, GHLF, which is, uh, again, the nonprofit umbrella organization uh, dedicated to improving the quality of life and access to care for people living with all chronic diseases. Wow. <clears throat> that's, that's quite a mission you're on. I mean, you, you would never think that behind having arthritis was all of this. You know, most, most people suffer and deal with the pain, and they don't take it as far as you have. That's really incredible, and thank you for doing yeah. so. Um, what are you finding, especially in today's political climate, what, what are you doing politically for arthritis, and what needs to be done? I mean, I'd never even thought about, you know, any, uh, you know, re political, you know, backing for this disease, but absolutely, you know, it, it's as far as well, research. Yeah, so I'd, I'd probably amend the question, if, you, if we can, to from political to policy and regulation, sure. um, just because, you know, take it away from the elections and put it into the electeds and their uh, respective uh, executive branches that do the regulations. And, and the short answer is we're doing a lot and we need to do a lot more. Um, to understand what and why it, it, it first need, you know, important for us to take a look at the types of arthritis. There's your grandmother's arthritis of the gnarled hands and the joints that ache and the bad hip. That's called degenerative joint disease or osteoarthritis. And that's mm -hmm. what the vast majority of arthritis sufferers have. Um, it's very common um, estimates as many as 40 million Americans have osteoarthritis. But a, a much more uh, serious and complex form of arthritis called rheumatoid arthritis mm -hmm. falls into a different category. This is inflammatory and autoimmune-related arthritis. And this is when the body mistakes its joints and attacks – your body attacks itself. And after it attacks the joints, it, it can then very quickly move into – the other organs uh, of your body or the organs of your body that um, could also wreak havoc on them. And so uh, yeah. rheumatoid arthritis is very serious. And fortunately, and then there, there are related conditions like psoriatic arthritis or ankylosing spondylitis. And again, these are inflammatory and autoimmune-related arthritis. And fortunately, uh, medical technology has advanced dramatically over the 20 years we've been around arthritis and certainly before then as well. And today's treatments enable people with these serious systemic autoimmune types of arthritis to not only trick and reprogram their uh, immune systems, but um, to prevent joint damage and to put the disease 
into remission. And these drugs are called biologics. And you've probably seen them advertised on TV or in magazines and so forth. Um, they are uh, very serious um, weapons that are now in our arsenal for combating these conditions. But unfortunately, our healthcare system uh, does not make it easy for anybody, frankly. And so those living with a, a moderate or severe form of one of these autoimmune types of arthritis don't have the access to care that they need and deserve. And that becomes a lot of where our advocacy mm. and, again, policy and regulation efforts become focused. The medicine and the science and the technology, everything is there. And the doctors, the, what's called a rheumatologist, the specialist who treats arthritis, um, have seen some of the most uh, quantum, you know, most uh, largest quantum leaps of uh, technology in treating these conditions, but remain uh, very frustrated when so often their hands are tied, mostly by insurers or payers or the healthcare system that doesn't make it easy for patients to get access to these medicines. And so that's a lot of the work that we do with GHLF, and we have what's called the 50-state network, and that's 50statenetwork.org. Uh, we've got a very robust Arizona chapter, for example. We've got uh, advocates in all 50 states in Puerto Rico who live with these conditions, who have faced these hurdles, and who are – now trained advocates to speak out and raise the voice of the patient perspective at the state house legislature within um, Washington at the FDA and elsewhere. And so uh, a lot of our efforts are focused on raising the voice of patients uh, with those decision makers. Uh, so they understand what living with these diseases are like and why improving access to care is so important. But uh, maybe we transition to the, the topic at hand today um, because there are obviously other non-pharmaceutical um, uh, uh, approaches to managing and treating arthritis and, and several other chronic conditions, obviously mainly um, marijuana for medical use and CBD, that uh, we as an organization feel strongly about the need to study more and to have better and more um, rigorous clinical evidence to guide how and when and for whom we use these treatments. Absent that, everything we're doing right now is effectively driving in the dark with no headlights on. And so uh, we've conducted uh, some research of our own uh, surveying over a thousand patients with arthritis and realizing and learning very quickly that over half of those folks, 57% have tried either marijuana for medical use or CBD products for medical reasons. And right. of those who use marijuana regularly, 62% reported that they use it every day. So clearly there's demand, clearly there's a need, but um, most clearly and perhaps most alarmingly, there is a lack of evidence in the literature um, that has uh, tightly controlled parameters to understand the scientific implications and, and, um, and then regulations and policies um, are even further away uh, that we as an organization are, are calling on, um, you know, the need to address as soon as possible. 
Amen for that. Yeah, we definitely need to address it. Um, I had no idea that there were, just getting back to the arthritis factor of all this, I had no idea there were over 100 types of arthritis, including, so your list is astonishing, but Crohn's disease and fibromyalgia or lupus, this is all, uh, these are all sectors of arthritis? Well, Crohn's disease isn't. Crohn's disease is a, a GI, gastrointestinal condition, but it is an inflammatory autoimmune condition. Oh, so okay. there, are, there are conditions, there's a family of conditions called chronic inflammatory diseases. And they are dermatology, include uh, psoriasis, um, which is the inflammation of the skin that presents in uh, red and itchy and burny um, patches of uh, skin. There is... Uh, Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, which are inflammatory bowel diseases. And then there is rheumatoid arthritis and psoriatic arthritis and ankylosing spondylitis, which are rheumatology inflammatory diseases. And all three of those buckets of conditions, chronic inflammatory diseases, um, are um, pegged to the immune system, mistaking parts of its body and then effectively erupting as a result. Um, and then some of the other conditions you mentioned um, are also under this larger arthritis bucket. Um, lupus, another good example, again, autoimmune condition, um, presents with several severe different types of uh, potentially severe symptoms, but joint pain and uh, aches um, are what drive a lot of patients initially to a rheumatologist, an arthritis doctor. Fibromyalgia, this is um, a condition that, um, doesn't have a proper home in a specialty, but many rheumatologists treat it as um, fibromyalgia is um, a condition that presents very pain, uh, painful areas throughout the body, um, but not necessarily on the joints. Um, they could be um, in myofascial tissue and, and elsewhere. Um, but again, rheumatologists uh, tend to uh, see these patients along with primary care doctors. And boy, yeah, I can go on. There's probably, you know, 92 other types, <laughs> but no, um, we're covering yeah. the big ones. So I could you, listen to you all day. I know. I'm just like, I looked at the no. clock. I'm like, oh, my God, we don't have that much time left. It's only 822. Like, ah. So when you were 13, um, up until, so was it diagnosed at 13? What was going on before? What symptoms were you having? And was this affecting you know, school? And Yeah, as a kid, I cannot even imagine, like, and, were you just like thinking to yourself, oh, this must just be aches and pains of being a kid and roughhousing and playing and or what was happening? Yep. Um, very, very clear signs and symptoms. Uh, it was around the eighth grade. I specifically remember a staircase that separated uh, my English class from my uh, biology class. And midway up those stairs, uh, I realized something was terribly wrong with my knees. I was at the time in two different little leagues. I'd leave one game in the fifth inning to go into another league to to pitch in, in, a, in a, that that game as a as a young adult. And um, running to first base suddenly became something that I absolutely had no uh, ability to do. And and so um, those types of symptoms were pretty. Um, and were easy to bring to what's called a pediatric rheumatologist, um, a guy named Dr. Tom Lehman, who actually wrote a book called It's Not Just Growing Pains and talks all about um, the different forms of pediatric arthritis uh, that affect 
um, over 300,000 children in the United States. And as it was presented to me, about a third of kids that have this get better, a third stay the same, and the third get worse. And wow. I kind of did. I did all three. <laughs> um, oh. I'm happy to admit. I'm happy to say that despite a, a fairly challenging teenagehood with a number of different medicines and some of which, you know, created some very annoying side effects and other issues. Um, you know, I made it through my 20s and now um, well into my 30s have, um, you know, experienced a, um, remission and am symptom-free, but um, very conscious of um, this as well as the many, many other forms of arthritis that our community lives with. And so uh, I use my personal experience as the initiator of our creaky joints and GHLF activities, but I uh, continue it now um, to honor and to support those who aren't as fortunate and, and for those uh, people in our community who um, need the information and the support. Uh, so, you know, what goes around comes around. Yeah, absolutely. And you sound, I mean, you sound like a doctor. <laughs> Are you a doctor? <laughs> I'm not. I, I, despite my parents still asking if I'm ready to consider being one, um, <laughs> I am uh, not a doctor. I don't play one on the internet. Um, and and I love doctors. I respect doctors, and we're surrounded by doctors. But yeah. I think the role that we can play uh, is to do two things. One, I want to make sure Doctor Google doesn't do more harm than good, and <laughs> we all appreciate what you know that could be like and then two for anyone living with any of these conditions the most important thing we can do is help them with the questions that they need to ask and the people that they need to ask those questions of and then put the uh, power back in the hands of the patient um, yeah. the doctor patient relationship is so often a very one-sided doctor knows everything, the doctor runs the show, and the patients are too often uh, quite passive and don't, uh, they neither know what to say or know that they should say something. And our objective is to allow for the doctor and patient to be on even footing. And that's where a lot of our education is focused for folks. I don't have your answer. I don't know what will make you feel better, but I definitely can help in pointing you in the right direction, giving you the things to think about, and then the questions, again, to ask of your doctor. Because all of us are so unique. None of us are the same. Because all of us live with these different conditions alongside maybe arthritis. They're called comorbidities. No one just has one condition anymore. Um, and to recognize that means we're all individuals, and we all deserve individual personalized precision medicine and in the year 2019 and beyond, I think we're ready for it. And that's what communication with our doctor needs to be all about. You're absolutely right. I think we are ready for it. People come into our health center a lot, and, and I encourage everybody to tell their physician, whatever kind it is, what they're doing. Because, you know, they would want to know, hopefully, you know, all the <clears throat> supplements you may be on, whether it's vitamin C or cannabis or whatever it is. Oftentimes, though, what we hear is, 
Well, I told my, I just heard this yesterday. I told my doctor and, and my doctor said, I don't want you to go down that rabbit hole, Alice. You're just never going to come back from that marijuana stuff. And I'm not going to go down that hole with you. And I don't want you to go down that. I mean, this was, this was verbatim what this lady was saying. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, she's like, and he said, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole with you. And I'm like, you know, what do you say? And, and she, her response to all that was, well, I'm still going to try it. I'm still <laughs> going to try it. You don't have to go down that hole, but I'm going. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I see everybody oh, around me. This is, the, this is my last resort. This is a lady that had tried everything under the sun and nothing was working, but that was seemingly okay with her doctor. What do you say to people that have doctors like that? I think that everybody deserves a doctor who will listen <laughs> to them, understand them, and be their partner in feeling better. Right. Uh, however, and there's a big asterisk here because um, one has to acknowledge that doctors today, medical professionals, all of the healthcare sector for that matter, simply isn't equipped with the data and the evidence and the medical information that it needs to make recommendations and to effectively manage chronic diseases using marijuana for medical use or CBD. So in many ways, their hands are definitely tied. There is no evidence that a doctor could point to. And when they take that Hippocratic oath and when they pledge to do no harm, they take that very seriously, doctors and nurses and other and pharmacists and anyone else for that matter. And, uh, you know, one of the other data points out of our study that we presented at this medical conference over the summer uh, was that our survey found that only two-thirds of the participants reported telling their doctor about their THC or CBD use. Yeah. Which means a third of people don't even mention it to their doctors. And this was uh, what raised many eyebrows at this medical congress where we presented this. Um, Many doctors... Uh, we're taken aback by the fact that one out of three patients are not giving them full disclosure on what they're doing. And I think that further complicates things, and that drives a wedge even further between the doctor and the patient. So I think the message here today to to your listeners and to the world is to tell your doctor what's going on. Give your doctor as much uh, information as you can, both in how the diseases and how these conditions impact you, which is step one. If you don't communicate that because of your pain or because of your condition, you can no longer do X, Y, or Z. How could your doctor ever remedy that with any treatment? So there's that. And then number two, you must, one must disclose these things, whether it's marijuana for medical use or CBD or a whole bunch of vitamins or heck, a case of peanut butter that you spread over with a teaspoon on your knees every morning, whatever it is. And I'm not recommending the peanut butter therapy, by the way. (laughs) But whatever it is, um, disclosure to your doctor is step one. And, you know, I think it's important, and back to your other question about is this the right person for you, Um, a doctor should never make a patient feel judged or should make a patient feel vulnerable or um, in other ways uncomfortable because of sharing any of these things. And, you know, I think about my, you know, experiences growing up and seeing a primary care doctor asking just the basic questions, you know, about sexual health and, and, and 
some of these other things that one might not necessarily even think to disclose, but is absolutely critical to taking care of your health as guided by a medical professional. So tell your doctor what you're doing and make that a conversation where you can have an equal footing with him or her. The, the challenge a lot of our patients had, we've been in business almost eight years now. And when we first started, <clears throat> what doctors and um, providers were doing was simply cutting a patient off of all medication that they found out they were using cannabis and or CBD. So there's a huge fear still here that um, I just talked to someone again yesterday. I mean, this happens on a daily basis. Oh, I can't get my card. I'm, I'm, you know, under VA care. I said, oh, don't worry about it. We've got their record release forms right under our counter that they sent to us, a whole pile. Um, we work very well with the VA. Some people are just don't know that they can tell their doctors, and um, that law has actually changed. Arizona actually came up with a revised statute saying doctors can't stop medication for patients just because of their cannabis use. But now, um, within the uh, monitoring program for doctors, cannabis use comes up along with Vicodin, morphine, a lot of whatever else that they're supposed to check on. Uh, so I think, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's different for everybody and it's different in every state. Uh, we've been, you know, we've had medical for a long time now and people are still very afraid to tell their doctors or even their family. I mean, it's really, you know, a lot of media is just really sad that they're, they still have this fear. It's, it's changing though. It is yeah. changing. And it that's, is. That's we've got a, really a stigma. Good. We've, you know, we've got some legitimate reasons for that, that, uh, you know, at least the trends are all moving in the right direction. And I mean, consider this, uh, 25 years ago, no one <clears throat> talked about breast cancer. You just, that just wasn't discussed. Right. Um, it was, it was taboo and look at how far, I mean, and, and now the entire month of October, all of, uh, you know, the NFL is, is raising awareness about it. And so, you know, I think we've got a long way to go, but I don't want to dismiss the progress we've already made as a society. And, you know, when it comes to marijuana for medical use and CBD, I come back to the need for us to closely examine our rules and regulations so that we can properly conduct the research that needs to be conducted so we have the evidence and America can become a first world country with respect to how we approach something as ubiquitous and potentially helpful as these therapies. So we, that's, yeah, absolutely. Um, I have another question as far as uh, the medicine for arthritis in your chemical form versus cannabis. So often, so many of our patients are willing to take whatever their doctor tells them. But the thought of taking cannabis is just a nightmare for people. How do you talk to people about, you know, because people are on morphine and they're seeing things, you know, and they, and they think that it's going to be even worse than that with cannabis. What do you say to patients that are fearful of, of the side effects? And, 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 and how do you talk to them about the benefits? Yeah. Yeah, getting high. Okay, cool. Yeah, out so about. I think that <laughs> very valid, and um, you know, I I don't think uh, you got to have your head buried in the sand now to to not recognize, you know, the the challenges and the potential uh, problems that opioids present 
uh, to our society. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that when it comes to treating some of these uh, more systemic and I don't want to say serious, it, you know, any condition could be serious to somebody, but uh, more complex forms of arthritis, like we were talking about earlier, inflammatory autoimmune conditions, um, there are symptoms, right? There's what hurts and what tells you something's wrong. But then there is the biology of the disease. And if rheumatoid arthritis is left unchecked, it will, it will ravage the body. It will do irreversible harm to the joints and then to the organs. And 30 years ago, when one got rheumatoid arthritis, inevitably one was admitted to the hospital. It got that serious. But today's biologic medicines are, first of all, um, uh, they are, they're, they're proteins that are cultivated and they are, they're living um, in, in uh, biologics that reprogram our immune system. And so uh, their effects happen at the um, biological, molecular, you know, system-wide level. Um, and they also, you know, as a result, when the disease activity is lowered, obviously those symptoms like joints that hurt um, and, and or fatigue or other condition uh, symptoms are, are lessened. Um, but um, it's a long way of saying, like, there is no Band-Aid for a condition like RA. And um, many other conditions that might be um, pain caused by joint deterioration, once there's bone on bone, um, uh, once there's bone on bone, and that joint has eroded with degenerative joint disease, for example, or osteoarthritis, um, there really are very few things to do besides replace that joint with with a new one, uh, so a surgical procedure. Um, but in uh, the process leading up to and coming out of that that surgery, for example, um, there are ways to manage pain um, that. Uh, fall on all parts of the spectrum, from the opioids and synthetic drugs uh, to other more natural, um, you know, plant-based options uh, like the ones we're talking about. And again, (laughs) that remains a decision and a discussion that has to belong between the doctor and the patient. But I want to make something very clear. (laughs) Um, Even though we don't have a lot of evidence, we do have common sense. And common sense tells us that with a disease like RA, rheumatoid arthritis, um, we can address symptoms all day long. But if we do not address the cause of those symptoms and the biology of that disease, uh, the what's often termed as the effects of disease are far worse than the side effects of any drug that one could um, uh, oh. potentially uh, experience. And so wow. it's it's not something that, um, a, a little bit of cannabis or CBD oil or something um, might help. And, and um, I, I think there's absolute consensus among the medical community about that. But then, of course, you know, then immediate calls for additional data and evidence to, to help understand this better. Well, I had no idea that um, I have a really good friend that has RA. And I, um, being in this business and, and, and seeing the patients that come in with that, and seeing the relief they get from the CBD and the cannabis, I had been talking to her about it for years and finally just let it go. And one day I get this message and she's like, hey, I tried this. It's the greatest thing ever. She's talking about cannabis. And 
I and she was in bad shape. They were giving her pills that you would give chemo to, you know, they were giving her chemo that you, you would give, you know, to cancer patients and radiation and all these crazy chemicals that were just the side effects were so bad. And uh, she's now on a really good um, regime of cannabis and her other medications and is doing very well. But I had no idea that this could affect your organs the way it does. But I just yeah. really, that's mind blowing. Definitely. Let me take a second though, to educate you here. Um, your friend was almost certainly on a, a drug called methotrexate. Methotrexate okay. at superior higher levels does treat cancer, but at an infinitesimally small dosage uh, around like two and a half milligrams is the standard of care for these autoimmune diseases. And mm -hmm. a third of people who take methotrexate are, um, are helped immediately and uh, without risk or side effects from it. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I think the problem is that, again, we, we have um, a Dr. Google and we have, um, you know, a, a society that's willing to jump to conclusions and, and go off the deep end quickly and then associate this medicine with cancer and its toxicity <clears throat> and all these other things without, you know, the uh, very diligent and, and respectfully very um, qualitative uh, examination that, A, these are very effective drugs, and B, it's standard of care for a reason, and C, if you don't respond or if it hurts to take or if there are problems, then um, there are lots of other options that need to be explored, but they should be explored together with their with the patient's doctor. So um, it's not as bad as the uh, reputation perpetuates when it comes to drugs like methotrexate, um, but I can appreciate people's apprehension if they aren't fully informed, and that is exactly why organizations like ours and websites like Creaky Joints exist to help people get the facts and get the information that they need. Oh, thank you so much, Seth. That was awesome. Excellent. Uh, where where are you? Are you going out and speaking, or you do you have presentations that you give, or do you have online courses that you you offer, or anything for people to education to learn? I got nothing to sell. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dang not, it! Not right now. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but uh, you know, I'll come to your house and cook you dinner if you ask nicely. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't right now. I'm very happy with um, how things are going, and I'm, I'm excited for uh, the momentum our organization has built over these years. Uh, I'm grateful to our partners, and I'm very happy to disclose here too. Of course, uh, we're funded in part through grants and sponsorships and partnerships with pharmaceutical company manufacturers as well as government research contractors, uh, contracts and other private foundations. In saying all that, um, we're evidence-based and all of our education is rooted in science and our policies are all patient-centered and we don't um, necessarily promote or advertise any specific drug. As you've noticed, I, you know, I leave drug names out of discussions because who am I to say what drug is appropriate for someone versus someone else? And at, that model enables us to uh, offer everything we have, education and support and advocacy and research to the patient community for free without ever uh, soliciting donations or 
funding um, solicitations from them. Uh, so uh, we're a little unique in that uh, regard, but again, it's our privilege to support the global arthritis and chronic disease patient community with as much information and advocacy as we can. And we're excited for the role that marijuana for medical use and CBD might play in the treatment paradigm in the future once we have better evidence and more data and guidance from the healthcare professional community. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, this is, uh, we're going to put this website up on our blog for everybody to check out because it's full of just incredible information. Um, and we really enjoy having you here today. Is there anything that you want to share with, <clears throat> with our audience out there that we've missed? I miss uh, visiting Arizona and I look forward <laughs> to coming out there um, and straddling a few time zones with you. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know. <laughs> And I, I, I greatly value the, the, the role you're playing in, in helping to raise the, the discourse and the public's uh, understanding and comfort with this subject. And I look forward to doing anything I can to support that process. So thank you again for the opportunity to speak to you today and to everybody listening. Uh, we look forward to welcoming you uh, at creakyjoints.org or ghlf.org, uh, where, of course, you can read more about our recent research on this subject, and then uh, get involved and take advantage of all of our amazing resources. Awesome. Thank, yeah, you, thank you so, so much, much for coming on. We really yeah. enjoyed having you. And when you're in Arizona, come see us. Yeah, we would love to have a private speaking engagement with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the kitchen. Let's do it. <laughs> we call that a session. <laughs> okay. no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks so much. That's have a really beautiful day. day. You, you too. too. Thank Thanks. you. Take care. Oh, that was wonderful. I could listen to him talk. I know all, all day. day long. I mean, it's just, it's just, just amazing. a plethora and, of information. Yeah, and that's, like that. you know, me and you, Val, we, we go to these um, conferences and things like that. And that's one of our favorite things is there we are go people. We take the classes. We take the classes <laughs> and listen to yeah. these experts on their specific, um, either whether it be a drug regimen or. Like for seven, I mean, an ailment for this into long. A whole foundation. I mean, thirteen well, to start really doing the who education. Knew? Yeah. Who, who knew? I had no clue that arthritis was so deep. expansive. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. Expansive. Over a hundred types. Uh, I when he talks about no idea. Uh, I my Second mom. Oh. And uh, yeah. so she has it. Well, what's the one? Uh, she said the. Fingers, the gnarly hands. Mm -hmm. Is that that's yeah. the rheumatoid? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's got that. Yeah, yeah. We but she doesn't let it like... stop her. She's just, and it's she. Do we have your your mama on a good cannabis regime? You know we don't. Okay, I I got her a bottle of a CBD. Okay. But um. That's a good start. We'll get it. The cannabis we'll thing, I think it's hard for her. Yeah, it's because of her age, though. Because yeah, she doesn't. Well. Well. She and she's, she's so a, a fireball. Oh, she's she is. Such she's a, not she slowed down. Use, she's she 80. can use cannabis at night before you she goes to bed. 50. Or, or, or forty. Or thirty. <laughs> or you see this lady on the dance floor. Yeah. Oh my lord. Yeah. She's oh, out. Yeah. Not letting anything for her. A goal in her life to have her own TED talk that says it's called disrupting aging. Nice. Oh, so that's fantastic. About how to do that. Well, we should have her on here oh so she could talk. She, she would, would 
I love that. She would launch. <laughs> and hey, guess who's here? Silver Sister. I love you, Silver Sister. Miss you. She'll be in the room in the studio soon. Yes. We'll give her a few more weeks. To okay. Get, get cool. <laughs> get out here. I hope that made you laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, you <laughs> Well. Oh my gosh, what a fun show. I love having you. That was, I, love I love learning new things and getting it. I love getting educated myself. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, my friend just happened to have a hard time with the medication. We're, and like you said, we're all so different. And um, mm-hmm. she just had a really hard time with that medication. Well, some and people I think she's are on a very, lot more than um, milligrams. What but, is that called? Um, sensitive. Sensitive. <laughs> yeah. I'm very I am medication sensitive. Yeah, me too. To stuff. I'm a and lightweight when it comes to meds. They, it's they it's say 10 milligrams, I'm like, right. put me on one, because yeah. you're going to just slay me. Uh, yeah. yeah, I, I did. I yeah. Medicans are hard. Medications are hard. for my uh, restless leg oh. and um, lower back. We mm. need to get you on some RSO, some uh, full cannabis oil every night. Yeah. The restless leg. Um, yeah. Well, it's a, that, that I can take care of, but yeah. it's, um, you know, I don't take it, because yeah. it slays me. I take one, and I'm usually a little bit uh, foggy the next day. Well, we'll find just the right dose for you. And that's part of the challenge of, of this new industry for people now, because it is a brand new for people. I mean, we've been in this almost eight years, but for the people in the last, you know, for the majority of people, it's only been the last couple of years that they're hearing about CBD and marijuana and like, you know, the same basically have to live under a rock if you're not hearing it now. But there are a few people I run into that don't know or haven't heard of CBD, just aren't into that. They're not, I don't know, not paying attention because <laughs> it's everywhere. It's, right. it's completely everywhere. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know what, what tangent is going on on that, though. But you did send me a good article this morning that I did want to read, and this was about partaking in the morning, right? Was yeah. this about... Study. This is a study. Some people call it waking and baking. Waking and baking. Morning cannabis use makes you feel good. Um, now, I run first in the morning. No. So I do, right now, I'm doing my little three-mile run. Love uh-huh. it. I do that every morning. And then I come home and do my cannabis. Oh, wow. Because I've tried to do my cannabis pre-run, and I'm walking it. <laughs> <laughs> Could be because I do heavy indica strains for my back. See, mm-hmm. so if I maybe tried like a green crack in the morning and then head out the door, and that might be the... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> coming after you. Was that dog start? There she goes. Wake and Baker's lifestyle choice vindicated with scientific research that shows cannabis can elevate a morning mood. Waking up on the wrong side of the bed from time to time is inevitable. Those of us who are not morning people and never will be can take solace in the fact that even the most insufferably cheery morning person has a bad day. Mm. <laughs> now, scientific research has proven a reliable way to elevate one's mood and shake off a bad start. Waking up on the side of the bed closest to the dab rig and kicking things off with some cannabis, the recently published daily report study suggests. Researchers uh, led by Maria Testa, a senior research scientist at the University of Buffalo's Clinic and uh, Clinical and Research Institute on Addictions, asked 183 heterosexual couples in which 
at least one partner use cannabis at least twice a week to log their daily cannabis use um, activity for 30 consecutive days and to specifically record in their journal an event triggered report every time they were about to use cannabis and again immediately after they finished. The study's aim was to determine whether a user's morning mood, uh, whether a user's morning mood, their positive or negative effect, influenced their cannabis use. Oh, okay. So they're wondering if when you wake up, if you're in a bad mood, do you want cannabis? And if you're in a good mood, do you not? Kind of a thing. Mm. The couples were asked to record their feelings pre and post consumption with one of the options, including irritable, stressed out, anxious, nervous. What effects their partner's use? had on their feelings or a propensity to use, if any, and their overall positive and hostile effects. <laughs> Among researchers' assumptions entering the study and the notion common in substance abuse and addiction research, um, the, the hum, that humans pursue substance use as a technique of, quote, reducing their psychological discomfort, quote, Anyone who greets today with a squinty-eyed grimace, relieved only by the first cup of coffee, can relate. Aha, you coffee users. Researchers found that a lower-than-normal morning mood did make cannabis use later that day more likely, but showed that neither anxiety nor hostility in the morning had much impact. Hmm. Uh, research subjects were more likely to use cannabis if their partner also used. Quote, for both men and women, the likelihood of using cannabis on a given day was greater when morning positive effect was lower than one's average, suggesting that people may use the drug to restore positive effect to more typical levels. The researchers wrote, however, results do not provide convincing support for the self-medication hypothesis because neither hostile nor anxious mood contributed to later cannabis use. And the results of that cannabis use seem to be mostly positive, at least when considering positive feelings. Cannabis increased, quote, positive effect, quote, and decreased, quote, hostile and anxious effect, quote. The researchers found a phenomenon, quote, identical for men and women, quote. While allowing that, we cannot state unequivocally that improved moods were directly related to cannabis use and not naturally occurring diurnal patterns. The positive consequences of cannabis use probably reflect the immediate good drug feelings associated with cannabis. The researchers added meaning smoking weed does indeed appear to make the smoker feel good. Whether or not it's the cannabis or feelings associated with the cannabis probably don't matter uh, much at the moment. The findings were published in the August edition of the journal Addictive Behaviors. Among the study's limitations is the lack of control on what kind of cannabis was used and how much. There is a difference between dabbing an enormous glob in the morning and taking a few hits of one-to-one of -one CBD to THC before jumping in the shower. Although, maybe for the individual's uh, users, the uh, end effect is similar. Does this mean you should use cannabis if you wake up in a shit mood? <laughs> That's entirely up to you, and it's entirely possible that your negative effect may be entirely unrelated to your cannabis use. But if you do start today on the wrong foot and do use cannabis at some point throughout the day, there's at least some explanation for the satisfied and beautific uh, smile you may uh, find yourself wearing later on. Cannabis certainly appears to make other people feel better. And why not you? Do you use cannabis in the morning? We need a survey. 
We need a survey. Really? So what's your cannabis use these days? Because um, I actually uh, am doing a lot of actually CBD. Are you? Um, I do yeah. CBD every day. Yeah, CBD every day. And then I like the gummies a lot. Um, when I get home, that's mm-hmm. usually when it's like right before I go to bed because mm-hmm. my days have been longer, so I need mm-hmm. to get more stuff done. Yep. Um, I've been stretching more, which ooh, that's I've been reading some things about stretching more. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, those. Yeah. Man, those get me. Well, and as I run more, I stretch more because yeah. it's nice to get your body out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you go out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Super excited about the pool. I'm going to start to swim oh. more. What is that then? Seriously, uh, probably like two weeks. I, I'm just oh, going to say two weeks. There you I, go. I feel like we're um, opening and closing the pool, Silver Sister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, when it's, you know, 110, 105. Oh, it's amazing. Oh. It, well, not, it's going to warm it up, but we're, I'm really oh, excited about no, night swims. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You will love that. Yeah. And you're going to have a nice light in your pool, too. Yeah. I can't even believe what time it is. I know. It's that time of the show. To say, let's just give a little shout-out to uh, Mr. Seston. Yes, thank, thank you so much. Thank you for all the work you're doing. You're incredible. We'd so, love to have you on again, too. Yeah, and this site's incredible. I posted it for y'all. Um, it's really, really, really amazing. Check it out. And we'll give a shout-out to the Grower's House at 3635 East 34th Street. Get on down there and grow and you can go to growershouse.com. You can also check out uh, right from where you are, Canna Health Online Digital Magazine. Canna Health is a digital magazine focused on knowledge, safe access, and advocacy with a monthly subscription readership. It's loaded with scientific and clinical articles from various healthcare professionals, profiles of cannabis clinics offering safe access to medicines, national and local organizations open to the public, and real-life patient success stories. It's free to subscribe, so don't miss another issue of Canna Health. Yeah, that's a great magazine. You can actually get to our website, tumbleweedshealthcenter.com, and they're one of our sponsors, along with uh, one of our main sponsors, along with Growers Health. And their links are up there on our website, so check them out. And we want to give Tumbleweeds Health Center a shout-out, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Come on down, see everybody, say hello. And if you have one of these qualifying conditions, PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, pain, severe nausea, seizures, including epilepsy, HIV, hep C, ALS, Crohn's, Alzheimer, agitation of Alzheimer, cachexia or wasting syndrome, severe persistent muscle spasms, including those of chronic If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. We are now open seven days a week. Yay! For certifications and CBD sales and everything else. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Seth and Nick and Candace Kid. We have so loved 
you being there. Thanks for always having me uh, an open space for me. I appreciate it. Not enough. I'm going to have to start uh, figuring out a way to lure him in with <laughs> eggs and cinnamon rolls. Oh, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Good crazy. Yeah. So when you say you're out there, remember to get your CBD and get to get your cannabis on. Come on down and come to the retail center, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Most importantly, remember, be smart, be safe, and, and educate. We love you guys. Happy Wednesday, Wednesday. We'll see you next week. Woohoo! Here comes the big dog. We're done. He's like, are we done? Just about done. Have a happy weekend, mister. There he is. <laughs> oh, August 7th. I don't know if I got it right. Oh, it's got your cinnamon roll. Happy weekend, folks.